0: Episode one hundred and thirty-three of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama—all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. The kids—they called me Melissa Wilkinson, and the kids—they called you Kyle. Springer. They
1: did indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we are are now officially both in our thirties. I had my my birthday yep. uh, this past week, so yeah, the the kids did call us that because we are no longer kids. I mean, yeah, maybe I am crusty, with my like decrepit old adult, right? Like yeah. maybe I am still with my NASA hat and my fancy lights. I'm like, hey,
0: hi there, fellow kids. Hello. You're wear. You're also wearing this like bomber jacket. The jacket and the hat together makes you look like some Marty McFly variant. So, <laughs> I don't know from which time, but, uh, Marty McFly. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's good. I, I got these for my birthday and stuff like that. I, I, uh, nice. My parents sent me a, or one of the things they sent me uh, was a $100 gift card to Amazon. Because despite me sending them my wish list and being like, I want all of the things on this list so pick any of them they were they were like well some things uh, we thought they'd be lame if we bought them for you and i was like they're on my wish list like i i'm wishing for them i i like i was like okay i'll just buy the stuff that's on my wish list so mm-hmm. that's what i did i got this hat and this jacket so i'm 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 happy with these
0: so you look Thank good. Thank you. Solid Thank look. You.
1: Um, but yeah, how are you? How's your weekend been?
0: It's been all right. Today I'm going to take my recycling out to the recycling oh, center. Man, what an and adventure. I'm going to treat myself to the little gelato shop <gasps> by the recycling center. Because I see it and I dream about it. And I decided to, uh, today's the day. I'm going to go in there. I can't k- just keep dreaming about Amaretto Gelato oh, so and not actually there. go there. Life is. Be first no, I just saw first it. Time. I drove past it, and I'm like, "Oh, a gelato shop."
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's that's good stuff. I I worked at a my my first job was a Rita's Italian uh, uh, ice store, and we had, mm. uh, we, I, I mean, I it was like soft serve gelato, like it it huh. wasn't really like it, it was like an odd like, yeah. Yeah, and all, all we had was chocolate and vanilla. But that was it. Cuz like cuz we had all the the Italian ices, like that was our main thing uh-huh. and then we had like a soft serve machine with uh chocolate and vanilla gelato and some of the products that we made had that stuff mixed with the the Italian ice and it was great. Uh so. Mm. There you go. That's my exp- experience with gelato and gelati and i don't they're all the same i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) there you go what are we up to this week melissa
0: this week we are talking about uh the unbreakable trilogy (sighs) we'll call it this is m night Shyamalan's films unbreakable from 2000 and then the surprise sequel, the movie Glass from 2000 this the movie Split from 2017 yeah. and then followed up bringing it all together is Glass from 2019. So a long strange little trilogy of films we're covering.
1: Indeed. Yeah, I I remember So I I've, I've now seen Unbreakable twice. In my mm. life the first time I watched it uh, was like my freshman year in college. So it was like a decade after it came out, and it was now it's now like uh-huh. a decade ago that I w- w- watched it. <laughs> yeah, yep. so I, I such the passage of time. Right, like I, I now I guess have to watch it like once every decade or something. I I, I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, see how it grows with yeah. you.
1: But uh yeah, I, that's the only one that I had seen. And I remember Split coming out and it just not being on my radar, period. Mm. It was like M. Night Shyamalan kind of unfortunately went downhill. Uh, I I think that's a lot to do with the studios and how they they supposedly treated him and and stuff like that. Uh, But then, yeah, like all of a sudden, Split got on my radar in a major way when it was like, this is a, su- a surprise sequel to Unber- Unbreakable. And I was like, no, no way. And they're like, yeah. The, the, <laughs> his, the, what's his name's c- 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 character c- c- comes back. He's in the end. He's right there. Yeah.
0: The, the, the return of uh Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, and, and, and I was just like, huh, interesting. And I was still like unsure because it was still like a horror movie and I don't really like scary mm-hmm. stuff. And and so I was just like mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm really gonna see this I don't know and then yeah they they finally announced movie number three Glass all all of them are together they're all in, all in the same mm-hmm. film and I was just like mind blown this is amazing I love this yeah. I need to go watch yeah. this uh, and you ended up pitching Unbreakable. Uh, first one right
0: yeah i set my sights too small i thought was only thinking about unbreakable to start with and you were the one that was like let's upgrade this to all three why not which is the proper choice why
1: not yeah this was the first time that i had seen split and glass what have you had you seen these before i'm assuming you've at least seen Um, unbreakable
0: Yeah, I, it had been a long time since I watched Unbreakable, but I remember really liking Mm -hmm. it. I've always liked, I haven't seen all of his films. Perhaps I shouldn't see all of his films, but the m Night Shyamalan films I have seen, I have truly enjoyed. I I enjoy his visual style a lot. I've always loved what he does with a camera. Mm -hmm. I think when I was like 11, 12 years old, that was my first sense of getting cinematography like not mm. really knowing why i liked it or what to say about it but like noticing it and having that being an asset to my film watching experience as a kid like, like, with mm, his yes, camera work
1: like signs mm, indeed Indubitably.
0: <laughs> I loved Signs so much. Signs, Signs was very impactful on me as like a 12-year-old. It's behind. I even like Lady in the Water and The Village. I've been wanting to go back and revisit those. Yeah. But like I knew I wanted to revisit Unbreakable, especially as a take on a superhero story. Right, yeah. We cover a lot of superhero media. Right now we're in the middle of reading the Irredeemable comic series, which is another kind of superhero pastiche and deconstruction mm-hmm so I wanted to talk about this and I hadn't seen Split and Glass yet I I was a little wary of Split it sounded darker than what I would typically enjoy watching but I was always intrigued to hear that M. Night Shyamalan did a movie again that people appreciated I'm like well I should see it for him at least and I did end up enjoying myself I think there's really interesting stuff in all three of these movies and as dark as like Split and Glass got I'm glad I watched them yeah good stuff
1: Good stuff. Um, yeah, I I I really dug these a, a, a yeah. lot more than I was expecting. Um, I I I knew I liked Unbreakable, but I again was still hesitant with Split, especially of just like I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. gonna like this one. It's more horror focused. Uh, but man, they they just hit all the right buttons. They 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 hit all of this like it it wasn't actually scary like it's it's uh, like now yeah. that i've seen it i wouldn't I, like I, I would still recommend it to someone who likes horror f- films and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i don't know to someone who doesn't know anything about it i don't know if i describe it as a horror film there are some horrific themes
0: to yes. it right yeah but like
1: yeah it's it is more of a like suspense thriller um uh, yeah than it is yeah horror I think. Yes. But, yeah, I I yeah. dug these a lot. These were really good. Mhm. So, <laughs> I I do have to say I was looking at uh the Wikipedia page for the trilogy of these films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and some interesting things that I saw on he- here. Is that Un- Unbreakable has uh or uh, got a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. Split got mm. a 77. And mm-hmm. Glass got a 37. So for some reason people <laughs> didn't really like that. However, uh Cinema Score gave uh Unbreakable a C, gave Split a B plus, and gave gave glass a a B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B. But still still did good. Here's one more yeah. in interesting fact. The budget for Unbreakable was $75 million. (laughs) Seems about right, right? The budget for Split and Glass combined isn't even half of that. Split (laughs) was made for $9 million. Uh, And Glass was made for $20 million.
0: Man, Split looks so good for a movie that relatively cheap. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, And then, see, Split grossed uh, $278 million against a $9 million budget, becoming a surprise box office success. Split became uh, a box office success. Why why would they put that twice? With over 2,000% return on investment making it the most nice. profitable film of 2017 and the 11th most profitable film of all time. Wow. Yeah. Interesting Way to stuff. Go. So good. Good on them. Good on M Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm I am proud to see that he has had a resurgence and like he's got his feet back under him again. I'm excited to see whatever it is he does next. Yeah.
1: Sure. Not sure indeed. Uh, So let's do a bit of a synopsis, I guess, for for people who are unsure of what these movies are.
0: In Unbreakable, Bruce Willis plays a man who is the only survivor of a terrible train crash that killed like 200-something other people. And he encounters Samuel L. Jackson, who has this brittle bone disease where his bones break extremely easily and he's fascinated by this man who survived something he should not have been able to survive he's like we're on opposite ends of a spectrum you and i and he it turns out to be a superhero story where it's bruce willis didn't just get lucky once it's like no that is your power you are unbreakable the title means you and he sort of takes on this uh vigilante Role once he realizes what he's capable of mm-hmm. and he goes out and just uh stops garden variety criminals in the Philadelphia area. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, it turns out uh Samuel L. Jackson was orchestrating all of these disasters trying to find somebody who was unbreakable. Like that was his goal the whole time. Yeah. And then in Split. Uh, which again, we don't know at the beginning is a sequel to Unbreakable. We just see that it is these girls that get kidnapped by James McAvoy, who has a type of uh, a dissociative identity disorder where he has many identities. And uh, there's like a, a rumored identity that some of his identities believe is also in there. They're like, we're going to unlock the beast. Yeah. And the beast is going to feed on these girls and grow stronger. <laughs> Thing. And yeah, and so it's Anya Taylor Joy trying to escape from uh, the clutches of these assorted personalities, playing them against each other and trying to outwit the beast at the end. And then at the end of that movie, when uh, the report of James McAvoy, they call him the Horde. Mm-hmm. That becomes his villain name. They report him on the news. <laughs> there's like, you cut to a scene in the diner, and there's a lady who's like, The Horde. What a supervillain name. That's like the name they gave that terrorist guy all those years ago. What did they call him? Then the camera pans over and there's Bruce Willis and he's like, Mr. Glass. They called him Mr. Glass. And then the third movie, Glass, is these three characters in an asylum together. And the lady from American Horror Story is their psychologist trying to convince them no, you don't have superpowers. No, no. I'm sorry, you're mistaken. You believe you superpowers because of these things. Nobody has superpowers, and it's a sort of an interesting take on a superhero uh, battle movie. These forces yeah. coming together.
1: Indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's um, it's it's an interesting trilogy because they're all still c- kind of very psychological. Of, like, is this yes. really what we think it is? He actually is, is he really, does he really have these powers? What's going on here, yes. you know? Yes. And, and each film kind of has its own style, right? Where un- mm-hmm. Unbreakable is maybe more of a mystery story. Um, where, and then Split, like I mentioned, is more of a horror story, but is more like a psychological thriller horror story. Yeah. And then. Glass is much more aligned with like your typical like superhero d- d- there's a yeah. big fight but it's also very uh, psychological too like it, mm. it 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 deal like all three of these m- 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 movies really deal with like okay what's really going on behind the scenes here like what's going on in your mm. mind like was there some tr- traumatic events that happened that made you think you have these p- powers and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting tr- trilogy. Oh, so, would definitely yeah, recommend this.
0: Yeah, glass is. Yeah, and I will say that glass is less twisty than the others it feels a lot less like m night Shyamalan's other films i think because he is playing in the superhero genre Mm -hmm. and that might have been why it wasn't as well received because it just feels so different but i i dig it for what it is it's neat to see his version of uh, a superhero story in a more traditional sense than like unbreakable is
1: yeah definitely um Let's see. Do I have anything else to add that's like non-spoilery? We c- c- kind of spoiled some of them because you yeah. have to c- kind of mention some stuff for the trilogy. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know.
1: Good stuff. I, I think if you're into like indie comics, especially like indie superhero stories, this is is one to yeah. to to ch- check out. So,
0: mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: There you go. Um. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's let's get on to housekeeping and stuff, and then we, can, we yeah. can get into our spoiler section. If you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in The Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little little, little, as a dollar a month. If you uh, like that and you want more, we have a bunch of exclusive content at our $3 tier. Um, We just put up our first uh, exclusive for Crossplay, our video game podcast, and that was a lot of fun, and we have some ideas ideas cooking for our next one i pitched one to to them uh yesterday when we when when we recorded Crossplay. so we might do that but we shall see be on the lookout for that Mm -hmm. down down the road uh but last but not least a big shout out and big thank you to our patrons at the five dollar tier uh so thank you sam so much for helping us out
0: thanks sam love
1: you a lot uh thank you so much we go mm-hmm. okay. Uh, let's get into spoilers.
0: More spoilers. Indeed. Okay, where do you kind of want to walk through this film by film? What are you thinking? Yeah,
1: kind of. I, I feel like that's what you have to do because it all c- kind of builds yeah. on each other, right? Mm-hmm. Let's start with good old Bruce Willis. What's his name? It's that something done. <laughs> right? That's his it name.
0: David, it's David, David Dunn. Dunn. The, the, this is also, uh, I think, the most we've covered an actor within one year of the review show, because earlier this year, we watched Moonrise Kingdom. That's what we, he was in that. <laughs> we watched oh, that's uh, Fifth what's... Element. Re- yeah, he's part of the ensemble in that. It's pretty good. But yeah, you, you forget he's in it. And then we watched Fifth Element. Now we've watched these three. So we've had five, five Bruce Willis films <laughs> In less than a year I, I mean
1: i don't know if i'd really count split as a bruce willis film yeah. but he makes a k- cameo right he
0: is he is a scene stealer yeah. i mean he's very uh muted in that scene but like on a meta level that was you're the not like, expecting <gasps> him to be there it's him oh my god right <laughs> Which is what piqued my interest in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like I was saying, Absolutely. like I, I appreciate M Night Shyamalan a lot. I was glad to see that there was another movie out that people were starting to like. But I'm like, I don't know if the subject matter in particular is for me. And then somebody told me, you know, Bruce Willis shows up at the end as the guy he played in Unbreakable. And I'm like, now I have to see what this is.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so David Dunn is the sole mm. survivor of a devastating train wreck. Um, he, he, yeah, the, 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 I think the movie starts out with him on the train, right? And he mm. just, he seems just like a normal guy. He seems just very frustrated with his job and like, he's not happy to be going on this trip and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, ends up being the sole survivor of this train wreck. Um, and mm that's kind of well even before that the the first like weird thing in this movie is this like very serious facts on 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 the black screen of like
0: there yes. are thousands of
1: comic books sold every year some range from $2 <laughs> to it's just like what is going on this is it so is weird. an
0: average of 36 pages yeah, yeah. yeah it's and it's all of these like dry numerical statistics it's not even like anything philosophical about comic books and like what they mean or a quote from any red and blue it's just numbers
1: comics have 36 pages
0: (laughs) and it's so dry that almost makes it more tense (laughs) like what does this mean
1: yeah Yeah. like it's it's in it's interesting having seen that film before and then like going and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Like this was the thing. Like, no one knew that this was a comic book-related film. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, that po- I remember, um, so the film podcast Blank Check, which I talk about often, they did a really good series on Imminite Shyamalan's mm-hmm. films. And yeah, I remember them talking about how uh this was produced by touchstone yeah. and touchstone like hid all the comic book stuff from any of the promotional materials they thought that was going to make the movie come out real cheesy to people because this was the year of x-men maybe a bit before x-men before which i mean we'd had blade and you know the, the batman movies yeah. etc comic but, books were still uh, like i feel like, like i don't know they're kind of cheesy let's go yeah on? and i think it and I think it was X Men that is regarded as, okay, maybe comic books are cool. And it's like, just, like, yeah, the
1: X Men and Spider Man. It was Spider Man re- yes. re- really that was like, yeah. let's put this on the map. Um, but, but, yes. Yeah. yeah and uh, like that, I, I, so I, I don't think I was, well, I was probably old enough to go see it, but I, Yeah, like, I don't remember this when it first came out. Like, I I remember M. Night Shyamalan from The Sixth Sense and from Signs. Mm -hmm. But it was one of my friends, the one that got me into comics, that was like, no, you actually need to watch this film. You'll see why. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so most of Unbreakable, I guess, is him kind of... Dealing with that, uh, uh like he uh, so when does David's character run into Mr. Glass? That's also an early um. scene where we see the birth of Mr. Glass, and they, they were yes. just like, Yeah, everything Yo. was normal. Ooh. What's going on there? And then the doctor shows up and is like, Are you kidding me? This is not normal. What the fuck?
0: God, what a powerful. Opening scene. I saw Unbreakable. I think the year in like 2000 or 2001. I remember when Sixth Sense came out, and I think this was one of the. I talk about when we would go visit my grandparents, and they lived in the middle of nowhere, and my dad had to get movies they wanted from Blockbuster and bring them out to them. And they had this like great room. Mm The house was situated around this great room, so like if they were watching a movie there was like nowhere for you to go like you had to also watch the movie and their grandparents so they play it very loud yeah. so whatever movie they're watching is just sort of inescapable unless you want to go into a small quiet sad back bedroom mm-hmm. i'm hearing my own audio what did you click
1: i, I hit a button to ch- ch- check something uh because we're we're having oh, slight technical difficulties on well, something I- but I'm just ignoring it because we let's just roll on. We're good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. But anyway, I saw Six Sense under that condition, yeah. uh, and it became one of the movies I was actually engaged in, and not just well, I guess I have to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so I dug Six Sense. I remember renting Unbreakable when it came out, and like I remember my older brother. I made him take me to see Signs, The Village, and Lady. <laughs> I was in on this guy. See, I stopped this is the really village. I thought the village was fine.
1: I I saw it and it was just like, well, okay. This was whatever.
0: <laughs> what M9 Shyamalan does has always worked on me. And I think a lot of it was it hit me at the right age, where like uh-huh. his cinema is uh it feels very intelligent, like very well crafted. I think elevated is kind of a cheesy word, but like for a person of that age, this feels like high art. Sure, yeah. And his stuff is very uh, chilling, but it's not excessively like dark or violent or anything. You know, like Sixth Sense has like a couple gory bits that you see on the ghosts that he sees, but it's not too violent that my parents wouldn't let me watch it they're like yeah that's okay that we can play this movie you know in the house where the kids are and the kids will probably end up watching it because there's nothing else for them to do yeah (laughs) so it's the stuff he does is really emotionally affecting and chilling but it's not excessively adult or mature or like super dark and like the stuff in uh, the opening of Unbreakable after the very dry facts about comic books, it's the shot of just um, Elijah Price's mother in like the back room of a department store where like she gave birth and we don't know if she works there or if she was a customer or what. She's lying there with the baby and the baby will not stop fervently crying, like a very hard baby cry, like a devastating baby cry. And the whole thing is like one Solid, it, like the camera doesn't move. It's like one static shock, static shot, not static shock. uh The electric <laughs> superhero. <laughs> Where does he live? Is he also from Philadelphia? Is he from a fictional city? Uh,
1: I, you know, I don't remember off the top of my head. I know he's in the DC universe, in the like animated. Oh, they get
0: fictional cities. That's right,
1: universe. But I don't
0: know. There's some other superhero from... Oh, am I thinking of Shazam? Shazam is set in Philadelphia. Yeah. You, There's yeah. some other superhero in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, the they bring the doctor in, and the doctor like inspects the baby, and he's like, did you drop this baby? And they're like, no, they're of like, course what? not. We wouldn't drop the baby. What's going on? And he's like, this baby's arms and legs are broken. Yeah. And it's, that's like a lot for you when you're 11, but it's not too much. Like this movie... This movie, I think, Night Chamilon's early films are great for like a budding film nerd's first serious adult thrillers.
1: It's, he he does a good job of of taking a formula you already know and you've seen growing yes. up, and then as, as for better or for worse, he's kind of known as, but there's a twist, right? So he, like he, yeah. he takes this thing that. People know really, really well, 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 well and then is like, but here's this, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think that's what's so fascinating about his films. It's just like, again, for better or f- or for worse, he's kind of become known as that one thing of just like, oh, this yeah. is art. you can do something else with it. You can break the. You can't you can break the rules or like do this big major twist on on these things uh and it, yeah it's it's neat and i think you're 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 right for a young teen is especially yeah. like that that that's just like mind blowing of like i didn't know films yeah. could do this right so <laughs>
0: And I think he does have so many strengths beyond the twist oh, sure. that don't yeah. get as much attention. Like I said, even as a a like fifth grader, I loved his sense of visual storytelling. I love the tension. In the way he sets the camera up to just hover, statically hover somewhere in this wide space where the characters just sort of move around. Like He makes the blocking and the architecture of the scene very effective. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I, I like how normal his characters are. Right? yeah like they, they, yes. they they do actually feel like real people you, you know even sometimes when you watch uh, just like drama movies about people working government jobs or uh, they're just normal things <laughs> yeah yeah just all, all sorts of stuff where it's like they're supposed to be normal they don't necessarily feel normal right like they just feel like oh there's some heightened sense of something and it it, like it's it's not that Mm. you get a bunch of like really normal characters and like normal awkward situations like there's a a scene in glass where david and his kid are working at the store and david's like i'm gonna go take a walk and then the Kids sitting there like uh no dad you shouldn't go take a w-. and like i'm doing a bad job of explaining it but th- like the yeah. situation is something you might run into mm. and m night Shyamalan's character because he appears in all of his his, his stuff is standing <laughs> right there and he's <laughs> yes. just like your dad take a walk jeez, like what <laughs> what is going on here this is weird um And yeah, but yeah, like it's it's an awkward situation that you might see in like a small like family run store, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: I just I like the stuff that he does with that that stuff. But yeah, so getting back to Unbreakable though, um, Mm -hmm. it's mostly David and Mister Glass kind of (laughs) conversing and being like hey i think you're a superhero like you were the only survivor how is that possible uh you know maybe you're stronger than than you think maybe your skin is invulnerable or something and mr glass is like this comic book expert right where he thinks comics are uh you know this form of history that are inspired by real yeah. events and stuff like that and he's not necessarily wrong but this is one of the characters that is heightened for d- 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 for dramatic effect right like so some of c- c- comics yeah are a bit of a history right just as like g- 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 greek mythology uh Right, yeah. it is a bit of a history for them too like um, uh, k- comic books are kind of the American mythology. Um, yeah and, and he takes that and like heightens it where he's like impact, like he's passionate about like oh, but they're they're based on real people and stuff that we thought we, we saw and we can't explain so we have to make these and he's like it's a little bit like okay dude, like calm down there a bit, you know. Um, but David is starting to think about it and be like I did survive this why Why did I survive this why mm-hmm. am I a security guard and I've always felt like I've had this you know innate sense of right and wrong why haven't I been sick since I was a yes. little kid like that's
0: strange yeah
1: and it's just all these coincidences and he's, he's just like huh yeah, I am and and, and then yeah um, we, we get this really neat scene of him at the train station right where he's just kind of taking everything in he's like all right let's t- test this out right. And he just starts getting these vibes off of these people as he touches them or senses them and and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. He's not only unbreakable. He can also – people will brush against them and he'll see if they've committed a crime, if they've committed some sort of a sin, he'll get a flash in his mind of what it is that they've done. And then Uh he'll – if it's something active and ongoing, like he'll – not like oh I hit someone once in a bar. It's like oh I uh, I am hitting my wife right now back at my house. He's like well I'm going to that house and I'm going to get the wife out of there. Do and he finds somebody who's uh has invaded this home and killed the parents and has the kids locked up. And he goes and he saves those kids, yeah. which is the finale of the first movie.
1: Yeah. And it's 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 an interesting climax. And I, I remember after finishing that one this week, I was like, you know what? I think this is a great, like, superhero o- origin story. Like, th- yeah. this is c- kind of how you do it. Like, we're so used to the Marvel method now, right? Of like mm-hmm. they they certainly do have a formula for how their movies go, and they're all kind of similar, right? But this is a completely different version of that, and I think they do it right, where they take it slow. Like he's not, he doesn't. We don't get the 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 scene of Toby McGuire montage trying to <laughs> shoot the webs, being like, "Go go gadget webs!" Right? Like we we don't get that stuff.
0: Fly, Web, fly! Yeah.
1: But we do finally get that scene at the end of Unbreakable, where he is in the train station, where he does discover this family and he's trying out his powers really for the first t- time, right? Of just like, let's mm. see how this goes. Yeah. And that's. An interesting it's a much slower approach right and I like that like mm. I like building it up and 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 doing yes. that stuff because it's there's just something about the time you spend with that character that becomes really really valuable then that I think mm-hmm. then makes that character uh, I, I I guess much more endearing is one way to look at, at, at it but much more realistic right like you would actually Mm. struggle with that stuff of just like I have I been sick the fuck does that mean right like I yeah yeah and that's not necessarily something you get from Spider-Man or Superman right
0: yeah it is (laughs) it is a wonder that a movie this slow and ponderous and almost dreary really worked at me it'll really worked on me at 11 years old but it did Another unique thing about the story that I can't think of from another superhero tale, and maybe you could help me out, is that it is about an adult, a guy in, like, his 40s, looking back on his life and wondering, have I had superpowers this whole time, and you I thought it up, was yeah. just an odd fluke? Yeah.
1: Like, could I have been doing like much like many more good things and you mm-hmm. we, we see him like in the midst of his marriage failing uh like all of that yeah. stuff and it's just like I could have been doing so much more could I have fixed this could I have, like what would yeah. have changed if I had taken that path so it's 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 interesting in that sense too uh because mm. like, I eventually I think it's glass we get a scene where he's imagining his his like we we don't get told exactly what happens to the wife until until later on in glass but there is a scene in there before we know exactly where he is kind of envisioning the scene with his wife but his wife's not really there and so he's like you just see him mm. by himself just like reflecting it's like man yeah this guy's so like like he's kind of a sad <laughs> g- 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 guy like he has a sad <laughs> yes. existence right
0: yeah yeah man we've seen bruce playing exclusively a variety of sad sacks <laughs> this year
1: <laughs> good old sad sack bruce <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i i think do I have superpowers is a great question for a character in a Mm -hmm. movie to be asking, but to see, have I had superpowers? (laughs) be The question is fascinating. I would like to see this picked up in other superhero stories of somebody figuring it out after the fact and they're backtracing through their entire life. Like, Oh, I haven't just been lucky. I have been beyond human. Yeah. Yeah,
1: indeed. Um, yeah, and then I, I, I guess the big twist for that movie is that uh, it was Samuel L. Jackson's ca- character, Mister mm-hmm. G- G- Gulas, who has been orchestrating all of these uh, tragic events that have killed a bunch of pe- people, in hopes that he would find someone who survived or someone who had yeah. like who displayed incredible strength or. You know in in this great time of need where p- people need to be saved and stuff like that that someone would stand up and he eventually mm-hmm. got bruce willis they've done yeah right <laughs> and so that's that like the movie kind of ends with him revealing that and uh bruce willis's character c- c- kind of walking away being like well now that we know this for sure, you're a bad guy. I'm calling the cops. Like, <laughs> let's uh, uh, Yeah, no thanks. Um
0: Yeah, and it's uh Mr. Glass realizing like, "Oh, I've found this hero as his opposite number. I am the villain." Like, now it's become sort of the him villain. Like yeah. Really em- recognizing and embracing like not like a oh, I've been the villain. The whole time. It's I've been the villain the whole time. It's I know what my place is. He's a man who's never known how he fits into the world. And finding Bruce unbreakable Bruce Willis and he's fragile Mr. Glass, he's like he knows where he stands. Exactly. Yeah, even if it is being a villain, he's happy to know what he is. And yeah, so this whole movie we've been hearing about these previous disasters where he's like there's a mudslide in Mexico killed everybody. There was a, a hotel fire here in the city killed everybody. Mm-hmm. You're the first one of these disasters to come out with a survivor. Yeah, it's not until the end of the movie where like as these two have been getting to know each other, they actually like shake hands and then Bruce is able to see all the stuff that he's, uh, that a uh, uh, Mr. Glass has done in the past, like sabotage the train. Right, yeah. And there's a scene where he's at a bar and he's talking to this guy who's like a security guard or janitor or something for this hotel and the guy's like i've worked at that hotel for so long i know all of its secrets and he's like really what secrets and the guy's like well if there was a fire on floor (laughs) one two or three everybody in the building would be burned alive and it's such a small moment but that stuck with me all week like why are you just saying this to anybody (laughs) <laughs> why is the hotel allowed that to happen there's a few like, the moments real crime here is like that who designed that hotel who's in charge of that hotel i need an entire separate movie about the corruption inside whatever that hotel was. yeah what
1: well, there's a moment like that for me in glass we'll we'll get to it mm. but i think let's let's yes. start t- t- talking about split so that's that's the, yes. the next one on the list here and uh speaking of Philly in Philadelphia philadelphia this is taking place in pennsylvania uh in king of P- of prussia and i've been there yeah i've been there multiple t- t- the times giant mall. i've been in that mall multiple t- times yeah um and i yeah it's it, it's a it's a huge mall i think it's the second biggest mall in in america <laughs>
0: after the mall of america yes i believe that's true this
1: was the mall that we would go to on the weekends in my church's summer (laughs) camps when i was younger and i was a camp counselor and stuff and on the weekends when we had free time because no camp was in session we'd be like let's go Mm -hmm. to the mall get some stuff you know um that was the, the mall so again it was just like huh i've been there um but yeah, these uh, two, good go- I-, I think it was originally supposed to be two girls that were abducted, but a third mm. w- w- one ends up being th- there. So yeah, these three girls end up being abducted in the p- parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the g- g- girls is Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, and they are abducted by James uh, McAvoy. McVoy. <sighs> and who is he steals the show good god he is he is a phenomenal actor
0: absolutely i was i was excited to watch this because he i've seen him in many things and i've always liked Mm -hmm. him but i've always thought why do i just like him well, why don't I love James McAvoy? Why hasn't that happened to me Split
1: yet? He's, that's why. <laughs> right. I'm like he seems like
0: an actor I should be valuing a lot more than I have been. Like what's the movie that's really going to click it for me? And it is Split. From the second he opens his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing so much in this movie and like that the this movie touches on a lot of sensitive things like the very concept of I have all these different identities and some of them are monstrous and evil And his character mm-hmm. and Anya Taylor Joy's character have had a lot of various types of abuse in their past. It's It's a touchy film. It is very much not for everybody. Yeah. But I think the way uh, the story is told is very effective. Like I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know what if I like what you're saying, but I love how you are saying it. The way the messages are delivered. I think are excellent in this film. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a wild one. Cause yeah, again, the budget was like $9 million. We get like the scene in the parking lot. We get a, like a few scenes in, uh, uh what, so what name should we call him by? Kevin? Since that's like his original name.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kevin was the
1: the main. Kevin was
0: the the original, the source, and then we spend most of the time with Dennis and Patricia and Hedwig. So (laughs) nobody told me that this movie involved a scene where he suddenly aggressively starts dancing. Right. Yeah. And it's such a joy. It's an absolute gem. Um.
1: So Kevin has a therapist, uh, or or some Mm -hmm. kind of like psychiatrist or something. Uh, and we see we, th- th- there's a few scenes in her apartment, uh, but most of it yeah. is just in this like dingy underground bunker thing. I don't really know what it is exactly. It Looks like some like electrical and plumbing station.
0: It, mm-hmm. it looks like one. Yeah, of the, it looks the, like the, the d- d- basement of some large building.
1: Things right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it does have Dharma vibes.
1: It's the, the, it's Less 1970s, but yeah. yeah. Um, but most of it is in there. Yeah. And it's about these three girls who've been abducted and Kevin who has a DID and it just has the, yeah, all of these personalities and the girls are confused of like, what's happening? Like we need to band to get together and escape. Mm-hmm. And it's Anya Taylor joy's character. Who's like, actually, no, let's wait. Like, let's, let's see what this actually is first like we don't know why Mm. we're here yet um there there is a scene at the start where i i i it seemed like a rape scene but it i i couldn't tell
0: exactly if that was what it was um oh where he takes the one girl out and he he wants her to dance in her underwear and it seems like that is explicitly, specifically, it—not oh, more than that. Yeah, dancing in it's, underwear is exactly what it is. It's a
1: weird scene because she—he takes her away and then brings her back almost immediately. And so I was wondering if there was some time that got cut out of of that. Like I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. No, because she when she comes no, back. She explains, yeah, that he wanted me to dance in my underwear and stuff like that. Mm. But they were in the other room. Like, you heard her screaming the whole time. So, like, how come we didn't hear Kevin saying that stuff of, like, this is what I want? And then when she comes back, it does this, like, close-up on her leg And there is some kind of like liquid bodily fluid there. So I I would.
0: No, no, no. Did you uh, like when she's getting dragged away, Anya Taylor Joy, like grabs her shoulder for a second and says pee on yourself because they can tell that this man is very, very, very clean. He's obsessively clean. And she's like, he won't do any. He won't want anything to do with you if you are dirty like that so he takes her out and then she does it and the second later he like pushes her back in and she's covered with but pee did, and she's like it worked. Did,
1: did, did we know that he was uh, like obsessively like he had OCD in, in that way or I is think, it I think we had like sta-
0: we had started to see it I think maybe he had been like wiping things down with his handkerchief or like it, it, that might have been before he brought them the bottle of cleaning supplies well, he, he,
1: oh, oh, oh. Okay, so in the car when they got abducted and Anya was the only one who noticed so far that he was in Mm. there, he did take out a napkin and was like picking things up with the napkin. I'm going to clean this car. I I guess that's the only clue because I don't remember Mm. him saying that yet. So when I saw yeah, that scene, say my thought was going to be, like, he was about to rape her and her saying, hey, pee on, y- on y- 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 yourself was still some kind of deterrent for that. Of, like, hey, if you make mm. yourself g- g- gross and disgusting-ish, it- 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 right, like, maybe he won't want to have mm. sex with you and stuff like that. But then... I like I couldn't t- like yeah it was like the bodily fluid on her leg I couldn't tell if that was urine or if it was something else yeah I, right like I was just like it's a strange scene there but no
0: <laughs> it <laughs> all goes by very yeah. fast
1: yeah um yeah so uh, it's it's just it's a uh, strange sequence of events that that whole thing right uh, mm. where they are scared they are confused they're trying to figure it out what's g- g- going on and on your and and Anya's character whose name is
0: her name is Casey. Casey
1: that's right um
0: yeah I really liked the dynamic between these two girls where it was one of the girls I think it's Claire. It's, it's claire's birthday and she wanted to invite a bunch of her classmates and her dad's it's like well you have to her. invite everybody like don't <laughs> leave anybody out so like uh casey is this sort of oddball in class who like they aren't like they're not bullying her they're not like um uh, banishing her from their social circle there's like she's weird and like she doesn't seem like she wants to interact yeah. with us and so we don't really want to act or th- interact with her and like we invited her to the party and she sulked in the corner the whole time on her phone but like her ride's not there so they have to give her a ride home so it's Marsha and Claire who are like best friends and then it's this other girl from school who they barely know and don't really like right yeah (laughs) and that's the dynamic of these three girls who have been kidnapped and have to be put in a cell together
1: um and when 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 It kind of comes down to it. Casey is the one who's kind of thinking things through and is like staying calm and smart and being like, okay, Mm. he did this. He doesn't like this then, which is why she was like, hey, pee on on yourself. Uh, Mm. And she's trying to figure out, oh, he said this. So that means there's something he's hiding in this room. The drywall is all new. There must be a spot here. You you know, she's she's figuring it out. He's smart. And she also is kind of the first to realize that this guy has multiple personalities and is then like, maybe mm. I can play them off one another. And yeah, she she's when we first see Hedwig, she's like, it's a child like let me like I yeah. am older than this child which probably means this child will look to me as an adult or some kind of authoritative yeah. figure so maybe I can use that right and so there's just interesting stuff at work there of, of like well if I talk this way with this character and manipulate that one this way and do like that stuff is fascinating um, just to, mm. to see how all of that works there um, but yeah, uh, J- 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 James McV- v- v- Hoys is, is just phenomenal to watch and just yeah. how he can switch back and forth in an instant between these mm-hmm. and just nail it and not have to like get the accent right for a, a second. You, you, you know, like it yeah. just happens. It's just like, oh my God, this is a wild. It's- He's
0: yeah, he's, I I don't think I've ever heard him not be British. So to hear him have all of these different accents is great. Yeah. The way he uses his body and just like his face will slightly change and you know, oh, that's Patricia now. That's not Dennis anymore. It's so good. Yeah, he, he's very skilled. He's so And I feel like Hedwig, who's like a nine-year-old boy, is a character that could be overdone like too corny but Hedwig's comes off as very endearing there's a scene where Hedwig like kind of has a crush on Casey Mm -hmm. and Hedwig's like can I kiss you and Casey's like okay and it's like she she, like smashes his mouth against her cheek. (laughs) she just stands there and does nothing (laughs) perfectly it's like so perfectly clumsy this is what a a nine-year-old boy might think a kiss is he comes away and he says You might be pregnant. (laughs) I was
1: like, I I think that was the first moment in this trilogy that I actually laughed out loud. I was like, "Ah!"
0: it's so, it's so funny, and you're not expecting. I- anything to be funny in the middle of this story. And yeah, yeah, and then there's a scene where Hedwig's talking about his room, and Casey's like, "Can you show me your room?" And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna sneak you out, and I'm gonna show you my room." Because he mentioned a window, case Casey thinks she can sneak out through the window. And he keeps talking about it like Kanye's his boy. He loves Kanye West, and he like puts a song on, he and he's like dancing. aggressively dancing towards her, and the camera's just—it's one of those flat static shots like big wide angle james mcavoy's Center, like yeah. perfectly centered in the frame all this negative space around him and he's like dancing towards the camera it's
1: so it's so funny because yeah like it's it's meant to be silly dancing but mm. the way it's shot is uh, like it also makes it creepy and aggressive and it's just like right
0: it's bold. it is on? very funny and very tense at the same time
1: yeah, yeah. um but yeah, it's just it's it's incredible to watch him do his thing there and yeah, it's again they take this slow approach to kind of unveiling yeah. this um well, you know, there is this rumored 24th personality. It's not real though. Mm. Maybe it is. And these other characters <laughs> are starting to believe and all of this stuff and yeah, by the end of that film it's in fact a real personality and it's mm. finally showing itself and that is i think maybe where more of the horror elements come come from cuz he is they refer to him as the, 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 the as the beast and
0: he yeah that personality big, is the strong. beast yeah. and collectively all the personalities are called the horde right
1: and he can climb on walls, he can run real fast, he can jump hot. Like he's like the beast from X-Men, but bad.
0: Yes. Right? Yeah.
1: Um so he like he 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 does all of that stuff, and it is horrifying to see. Like that is one of the horror movie tropes of like person climbing on wall when they should not be,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen anyone climbing on a wall when they are supposed to be. I've never seen a natural, normal climb on exactly. a wall. Exactly.
1: Um, so there, there's that, but it starts to get almost to this, like, religious fanatic c- 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 yeah. kind of thing happening there where he's all about, like, purity and we need to fight for the broken and stuff like that. Um And yeah, it's real creepy, but that's, I I, I guess, throughout the course of the film, we can kind of start to assume, oh, that's why he was kidnapping those two girls. He thinks they're just these perfect, you know, nothing bad has happened to these girls. So he's going to make something bad happen to them and feed them to the beast. Uh, which is Mm. what their fate is. They get eaten alive and murdered that way. Um, But he's uh, about to, I guess, devour, is the right word, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Casey. And she's Mm. fighting for her life. She has a shotgun. Her leg's been bit. Like, she's she's barely making it. At this point, she's full-on in shock mode right Mm -hmm. and she's uh, her shirt has been ripped so she's basically like in her like shorts and bra and and like you can see scars on her stomach and shoulder and like Mm. right as the beast is breaking into this cage that she has locked herself in he notices these scars Mm. and we've kind of been seeing these flashbacks of Casey and at first we don't really know what they mean they seem fairly just like hey let's you know who is this character right you
0: can tell it's up to something like something is going to go wrong but you don't know what thing is going to go wrong yeah like oh
1: maybe Casey has murdered someone in the past and like maybe this is why it's strange or like maybe something happened to her family and that's why she's this weird loner Mm. girl but then it's like She's le- learning to hunt. This is weird. Mm. Maybe this is her first kill and she's going to end up becoming a bad guy, 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 mm. guy, 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 guy or something. Who knows? Um, yeah. And it's just like they're mm. up to something. But it's it it still is just like, well, I guess they're just telling me backstory. I don't know. And then. Yeah.
0: Like I can tell this is something. I thought it's like she's going on a hunting trip with her dad and her uncle And I thought it was Uh maybe because we just watched Hannibal a couple weeks ago. I thought it was going to be the dad teaching her to kill the uncle. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to hunt your uncle,
1: like that. Um, But like, eventually, we find out. No, that's not what this is. Anya also has a troubled past because her uncle was raping her, unfortunately, and from a young age i think she was what like 9 years old in there i don't know exactly very young she's thinking about killing her uncle eventually we we learn that she put him in jail um she she eventually that's
0: the that's the end of the movie like she's been we find that she's been dealing with this for a long time and it's at the end of the movie when, like, she has escaped the beast and, like, she's, you know, in the back of the police she's car like, with, like, the shock blanket and here. the police officer's like, yeah, your uncle's here to meet you. And she's very subtly shakes her head. and The police officer looks yeah. at her like, OK, I get it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah So, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of stuff happening in this film, which is very heavy and very just like, oh, this is it is rough stuff. Right. Um, mm hmm. I I I think this is the best one of the trilogy. It is just, you Yeet. cannot stop watching this.
0: It, <laughs> it is fascinating because you have no idea what any of these, in like you see the pieces laid out on the board, but you don't know where they're going. You don't know what this is adding up to. We've also, like we're following this therapist pretty thoroughly. Like she's like got like the third branch of the story. She's mm-hmm. not in like one scene. And to talk more about how good James McAvoy's performance is, he's seeing her as one personality that like he used to see her as Barry. And then she's like, you're not really Barry though. You're Dennis pretending to be Barry. Yeah. So there's all these layers going on. Yeah. This is a, it's got some troublesome content, but like I said, it, you know, if I, if I accept the troublesome content uh-huh. and I just look at how it is executed, how he chooses to illustrate these points in the story i think that's very well done
1: um so the whole thing with the psychologist slash therapist i'm not sure exactly what her job was is that she she's kind of theorizing slash positing that uh it's not just like dissociative identity disorder but that he like there are people out there who are basically be like becoming other people or things right they, they're they're changing their body chemistry yeah. they are uh you know one personality is allergic to this thing and i'm, I'm not sure how true that is in r- real life um
0: yeah i've never heard of this so i think it is a science fiction maybe yeah and and but it is an interesting thing for a science fiction to play with i suppose like yeah. what if Uh, Like, one of her big sets of evidence, I think, for how distinct the different sides of Kevin are is that, like, uh, she had a dog. This might have been Kevin or it might have been, like, another patient who's in a similar situation as Kevin. She's like, it's the same dog, the same physical person, but when they're displaying a different identity, the dog treats them entirely differently. Like, the dog can tell friend and foe, you know, within one body.
1: Yeah, yeah and so so she yeah she she's basically positing that these are different people and they're like they are extraordinary extraordinary right they have become Mm. more than human and so therefore maybe superhuman right Um, and yeah it's at the end of that when we get the cameo from Bruce Willis when the Horde escapes and is out there somewhere, and he's on the news, and and then he's <laughs> like, "Wow, that's that's like that one dude from fifteen years ago. What happened to him?" And he's like, "Mr. Glass, <laughs> that was his name." Uh,
0: so I knew fist. Bruce yeah. Willis showed up at the end of the movie, but I did. Nobody told me how. Right. Yeah. Nobody told exactly what the scene was. So I spent the whole movie expecting that he's going to come in in his security poncho. That's and, like I save thought. Save. The- guy
1: saving Casey was at first and I was like oh that's not his voice that's not him
0: yeah, that's just like and like this. You can tell they're in the basement of some sort of a large structure right. where Kevin has gotten a job as part of like maintenance, and like he's allowed to have these these rooms down there. He kind of has like a little apartment and living space. And I thought this was going to end up being the stadium where Bruce Willis works. Oh yeah, because he's a stadium security guard in the first movie. And like we don't really have any clues. You know, we can't tell what's up there. Right. So I'm like maybe this is like. you know the depths beneath this very large like university stadium then no instead it turns out that he works at the zoo and so that's why you know we see him like casey hides in a cage at one point i'm like oh that explains why there would be a cage yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) um yeah i i really really liked split i think that one was my favorite of the three
0: yeah Um, it's 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 a tough watch but it's also a impressive.
1: Yeah. Abs- absolutely. So let's move on to glass. We we've already been mm-hmm. recording for about an hour and 10 minutes. Um huh. So glass. This is an interesting one cuz this one was so be- between unbreakable and split. There's like a 15 year y- gap um both in mm. the when the m- 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 movies are set but also when they're made right like i think you you said
0: unbreakable
1: mm-hmm. k- came out in i think it was 2000,
0: 2000 and then to 2017 and 2019 so yeah
1: so yeah like 15 16 17 years ish right uh, and yeah that's kind of wild that that's happening there but glass takes place uh 3 weeks after the events of Split.
0: <laughs> yes
1: So that's an interesting thing where, yeah, like, Mm -hmm. I think Split and Glass do feel a lot more uh, connected, right, than Unbreakable Mm. and Split or Unbreakable and Glass. I mean, I guess Unbreakable and Glass do feel – because I feel like Glass is the one that really just ties them all together. It's like, okay, you have these – Two things that were just barely connected by this one scene, but here's mm-hmm. this thing that like encapsulates them all. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, and we're seeing all these returning characters, like uh, Brutus's wife has passed away, but his son—it's the same actor. Yeah, just grown there is an adult. I, I,
1: I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like he still adores his dad, and they've mm-hmm. got like a home security business that's like a front for. Uh, Well, it's not front. It's like a legitimate business. But also they look at the feeds from all the cameras and it helps them track crimes that Bruce Willis can go out and stop. And then, you know, Mr. Glass is there. His mom is back. I love his mom. And you've got the story of uh, David and Glass and, and Kevin. And then you've got their person on the outside. You know, you've got the son, Joseph. You've got mom. I don't know if mom gets a name. And then you have Casey who... There's a moment in Split where she gets to talk to actual Kevin. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, it's like, it's still the year 2014, right? Like, like, all these other personalities have been taking over. And Kevin has not been Kevin in a long time and has no idea what they're doing. And as much of a traumatic experience as she had, she's sympathetic to Kevin. (laughs) Kevin is blameless to her. And she gets wrapped into this because she's trying to go and, like, reach out to Kevin and kind of support him yeah
1: yeah um so i what was interesting to me about glass is i i thought mr glass was going to be orchestrating this in a different way right like we we Mm -hmm. by the end of the film we know that he was kind of orchestrating a lot of this but the, the fact that, yeah. uh, like, I, I, in my mind, I thought Mr. Glass was going to be more of a Hannibal Lecter type c- character, forcing yeah. uh, Bruce Willis's character and J- James McAvoy's c- character to team up and do something. Mm. So the fact that he is, like, pitting them against one another, I was like, ooh, I, I didn't know that that was what was. Happening yeah. here, or that they are in fact all in the. I like. I guess I should have known that from the trailer when they're all in that like pink room because I like mm. that pink room really stood out in the trailer. Like, yeah, I remember that.
0: Imnai Chamlan's really great at using colors, and like everybody's got their own core color, right, yeah. Uh,
1: which which is also
0: a superhero thing. Yeah. So I, and, like, Mr. Gla- Mr. Glass, in particular, like, he's aware of it. You can tell that he is intentionally walking out in all these prince purple outfits.
1: Yep. I'm going to be in all purple. <laughs> David's g- going to be in all green. Uh, the horde is g- going to be in yellow, right? Like, all, mm. all of that stuff. But yeah, and then uh, the doctor, I don't remember the doctor's name.
0: Oh, Dr. Staple.
1: Dr. Staple. Uh Yes, you're really holding everything together, much like a staple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she is this like very very feminine uh, character who has this very stern um, like facet about her. Uh, mm. Almost reminds me of like Nurse Ratchet right yes. where, where she she is like she she see, she thinks she has this like well-meaning approach and that's what she tries to make you think but just from square mm. one the get-go she's you're just like i don't like you like you're you're a yeah. dick <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah, sinister. You're sinister you are clearly sinister uh, yeah and she yeah it just like her she is all pink that's very pink and feminine and stuff like that.
0: I think the first time we see her, she's wearing this like kind of opaque white trench coat, like raincoat out in the rain when they go and they, they, they capture David and bring Mm -hmm. him in and she's got, um, uh, like a, a an antidote like a kryptonite for all of them like they've got mr glass supposedly until you find out he's been switching the pills they're like he's so smart like we have to keep him heavily sedated at all times or he will mind game his way out of here you know david's in a room with all of these water jets because you know that's his one weakness we find out isn't un- in unbreakable is water yeah. he's uh d- d- sl- it seems like he's David slightly Dunn more susceptible to water than
1: adam sandler the water boy yeah <laughs> 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 That's a movie we need to see. It had some high quality H two O. And then, two, two oh.
0: and then the, the, when you know you are working with a real over-the-top, let's fully go for it, brightly colored comic book movie, is when the weapon used to use against the horde is a hypnosis light. Yep. It's a light she flashes and it forces a different personality to take over and she literally says we have a hypnosis light. So it's like okay, I know exactly how seriously I'm supposed to take this movie.
1: Yeah, indeed. Um and yeah, th- this movie was really really good. Too. I I enjoyed this a lot. Um it's just mm-hmm. just yeah, the the fact that they're all there in this in this facility and Mr. Glass is kind of mind gaming his way through all of Mm -hmm. this stuff uh, was interesting. It's interesting to see because by the end of this, they're having this big fight and things are kind of going... Poorly for all of them, right? Like Mr. Yeah. Glass uh, gets his shoulder broken, then he falls out of his chair, and that you know hurts some some more, and he he basically dies right there. Um, we see uh, the 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 Beast uh, change back into Kevin when Anya Taylor Joy's character. <laughs> comes up and h- hugs him and stuff like that, and then mm. just in a split second he gets shot right in the stomach uh, yeah. and is killed that way. Uh, and David Dunn's c- c- character is drowned in a puddle, uh, yeah, in, in 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 the street. And, like it's all tr- tragic stuff that's happening. Um, but you. <sighs> there's some interesting things that is happening in those final scenes and those final moments, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think for me, the first thing was Mr. G- Glass talking to his mom, who's being like, but I don't understand. I thought you said this was a limited edition. This is the one where like the, the big fight scene and then this happens. And, and then he he's like, no, this was an origin story the entire time. Yeah, which is an interesting thing to say at the end of a trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I, so we get that scene, and then when David is being drowned, we see that the security guard, like on his wrist or or something, has this tattoo of a cl- of a clover.
0: A three leaf a three clover leaf clover, the commonplace, yeah. non-lucky three leaf clover.
1: Indeed, he was not lucky uh, in indeed. Uh, and then we, we we see the. Dr. Staple come up and she's like, David, take my hand. And so we like for a split second, you think like, oh, this is g- going to be the moment that sa- saves him or, or, or like she's mm. reaching out to save him. But of course, you might forget that when he touches someone, he it's like a psychic impression of of yeah. them, so to speak. And when he touches her, we get this scene that is that ends up being like this secret society. Uh, that like once these people leave the restaurant, it goes silent, and they're like, okay, it's just us now. We can do X, and it's this strange like secret organization cults and yeah it seems like they're up to no good suppressing people with superpowers or something
0: yeah because they're and they've we find out they've been doing this for centuries mr glass talks about how like you know uh comic books are a narrative representation of things that have happened in some form right. this isn't all fiction this is some sort of a historical record of like these folk tales passed down and this started somewhere there have been people with superpowers somewhere he believes you know there's got to be some guy who can do something like what the superhero does even if him exactly he does not exist he's just a you know a simulacrum of of a guy who has been real right. once and the society has been around for centuries taking those people down when they show up cuz they're like we are we are keeping the status quo like we don't want heroes we don't want villi- villains we just want normal civilians like and that is how we are keeping the world and we're going to find these superpowered people and try and talk them out of it yeah. and if that doesn't work we are taking them out
1: and we we see that Dr. Staple also has one of these tattoos yes. but I don't know about you, but this whole secret society thing came out of nowhere, and that's, (laughs) I guess you could say, is the twist of this movie, that there is this secret society, like, that that's why there's only three of them, so we think, right? And, like, they have been Mm -hmm, suppressing mm -hmm. them, and these ones, I guess, have just been particularly problematic to suppress. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it's this weird thing where I was just like, this feels kind of chewed in or like it feels like I it didn't feel earned if that makes sense.
0: I think it works for me because the whole twist is that it has been a secret society of people that has been around for centuries. They wouldn't have been around for centuries if they weren't very good at being secret. I mean, yeah, which might feel like a cheap way of explaining it, but it worked for me. Like, I yeah, the idea I works with, yeah, with everything else you've set up. I believe that there would be this counterpoint that there would be this society who's like these stories don't exist because we quiet them down. We want this normal status quo to life. We've been operating in the shadows. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen some foreshadowing. Yes, but when it gets to that moment, it makes enough sense in the math of what's going on that I don't feel like I necessarily required the foreshadowing to still get the effect.
1: Yeah, of. and it's it's one of those things like, hey, you made the first movie like over 15 years ago. There's yeah, really only you so you much you're gonna do. you can do with that, right? Yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, I... Like if you knew that split was going to be a sequel to that and you were then planning on making glass immediately after that, like there could have been something in split, just something. Right. Um, And, and yeah, just like somehow foreshadow it, somehow enter it in earlier on that there is some Mm. secret society out there doing something. We don't know what they're up to yet. Right, uh, yeah. Just I, I think narratively it did not feel justified. Uh, but I think you're right. Of like in in the grand scheme of things, in the math of things, it worked fine. You know. Yeah. But I think that idea of this secret society mixed with uh, Mister Glass being like, it's an origin story. Really, just give me a TV show set in this universe like I now want to know the way more this... about this society and who else is out there that has powers and stuff or who, who else yeah. did have powers right <laughs>
0: Oh, like you know, like Mark Twain or somebody. Yeah, like right? anybody, any any historical figures. That's where Amelia Earhart went. She could really fly with her own body. I don't know about
1: that her. ridiculous. But but right, their their whole thing is like convincing them that they don't actually have powers. Yeah. So technically speaking, there are people out there who actually have powers that yeah. just have now been convinced that they don't. Yeah. Like which is a fascinating thing to do. That is interesting. Right. And just like if you can make them believe again that they can be electro man or pyroman or yeah, you know, you you
0: could you you can turn Peter Panning back into Peter Pan. Right, yeah.
1: Indeed. So I like I I feel like I (laughs) want more. This left me with 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 just this idea of like this was just the start. Yeah, which is
0: and like it the worked. which is what it is, and like the way the movie ends is that you, Mr. Glass and Kevin and David, like they all die in this battle on like the lawn of this mental institution where they are, and then you find out that Mr. Glass arranged this the whole time. And they talk about how the place is covered with cameras and like he had all of these cameras recording everything and like streaming the video to somewhere Websites like and he and like, like that, yeah. emails all of the footage to his mom and to Joseph and to Casey. It's like here they're going to bury this here is the proof that there are superpowers I filmed our final battle and there's throughout the movie, they're t- they're talking about like this giant tower that's been built in downtown Philadelphia. And everybody's thinking like, Oh, he wants a big public scene. He's going to take them to the tower. They're going to destroy that mm-hmm. tower. No, it's a red herring the whole time. They don't get out of the lawn. The point is that they don't get out of the lawn because that's where the cameras right. are. He wants that footage, that like clinical security camera footage this objective true thing to be sent out there in the world, which is what they do at the end of the movie. And you've got mom and Joseph and Casey sitting on a bench in that uh, station from the first right. movie, yeah. and they're like s- releasing it, and you're seeing it pop up on like all these screens. And the mom says something like, We're watching the universe wake up.
1: Uh, yeah, or something like, we're, like we're, that. we're finally being let in to the universe or something.
0: Yeah. It's some weird
1: thing of like, Yeah, let in. like, like a weird way yes
0: to yeah yeah and like that. now that people have seen there are powers they can recognize this in themselves or if they if the this organization this three-leaf clover organization came around and like spooked them into it like they know they still have powers but they're like okay i'm gonna get into real trouble if i do anything about it so let's pretend like i don't then they can rise up again like this the movie ends right before the world is like vastly changed
1: yeah yeah um which yeah just makes me want more like i i i I, I know he has no plans of making more with this but god damn it give me a tv show that that i think would be a comic something, (laughs) something like that um I don't know, yeah, so then I guess the last thing that I have on my mind that I want to mention, we talked about Mr. ass and what he says, and then David, but then there is Kevin when he dies and his kind of relationship with Casey there. Did you feel for Kevin? Like, did, did the, was the movie effective in making you feel sympathy or empathy for, yeah. for him?
0: Yeah, and a lot of it carries over from that scene in Split because, like, he wakes up, he thinks, he's like, oh, it's you know, several years ago, and she's like, no, it's, it's now. Like, you've been buried for so long, and he tells her, you're going to have to kill me. Like, just kill me. Like, I can't let this happen anymore. This is where the gun is. This is where the bullets right. are. Like, he's so it's like Kevin is innocent and he's just had all these terrible things happening to him and around him and through him. And he's tired of being an instrument for all this destruction. And he just wants it to end. It's, it's very sad. And like, it's sad enough that you understand why Casey would want to stay in contact with him. Even if he has been these people that have killed her friends and like really wrecked her life. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know if I really had all that much sympathy for, for him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I i feel like I'm mixed, right? I think it was effective mm-hmm. in trying to inspire that. Like, I, I think you absolutely can mm-hmm. read it that way. But I, I guess I really don't know how to deal with multiple personalities and stuff so I guess I, I yeah honestly don't know how I feel about that or what I need to mm-hmm. educate myself on but yeah at the end of the movie I was kind of like well he was the one that kind of manifested these personalities that did all of this stuff so Like, I don't know exactly how that works but it was just like I, at the end of the day he did this like he he did some I, terrible things. I'm i just like, am I supposed mm. to believe the in their love story? Like I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> and it's not a love I mean, story. It is a friendship yeah, story. Yeah, but like, I, just like I I don't know
1: if I really felt like he was redeemed or was sympathetic in in that sense. I don't know. Like mm. I
0: I I can understand that. I feel like anything we get of Kevin is so fleeting. Uh, the Yeah. I, I can understand that it is tricky to to deal with all the different shades of whoever this person is. Yeah. So I, I, I and what sort of outcome he ought to have. I guess just
1: on the opposite side, like I also kind of feel bad for not
0: being more sympathetic of like,
1: I think I was supposed to be like i i think that's the right thing to do here but i like yeah I, I i i don't know so like i
0: don't know i think maybe it's supposed to be confusing maybe you're supposed to be sympathetic to kevin and to some degree hedwig yeah there's this thread that throughout the movie where they're like hedwig are you nine forever have you always been nine are you always going to be nine and i wondered if they were going to Talk Hedwig into being as old as Hedwig, as old as Kevin would be, for example. There should have been. And then yeah. if Hedwig believed he was older, that he would get more powerful, and he could drown out Patricia yeah. and Dennis and the Beast and everybody. But they don't pick up on Haven't that. Been interesting. Mm.
1: Um. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, 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 I like these films. I'm glad we watched these because I really dug these. these
0: yeah, really yeah. For my own personal math, I think watching the stories get told and how they were told balanced out the 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 darkness of some of the content of the narratives for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I would rate it as overall... Uh, a solid experience just so good films to watch the cinematography and split is so nice <laughs> we did talk about it much the number of like eye level views he uses like case when Casey's sitting down on her bed in this little cell and so all the camera angles like cut james mcavoy off at the chest because it's only as high as she can see right. it's just her at like flat angles I, oh the I really like the way he tells a story, even though I don't always like what exactly the story is. Yeah
1: indeed. Good stuff. uh
0: final mm. thoughts on on the trilogy. I'm happy to see it happen. I don't think there's been a story like this uh on a meta level outside in cinema we're like oh surprise there's a sequel to this 17 years later that you did not know was a sequel yeah. and we made a third movie that ties both of those together i want
1: more stuff like that like i like yeah marketing is something that often comes up in in movie discussions because you know, trailers will spoil things and stuff like that but mm. I don't know what magic M. Night Shyamalan usually is able to work with his stuff, but the marketing for his films mm-hmm. are is usually phenomenal of like, hey, y- you cannot spoil this one thing. Yeah, right? I or, think
0: he's he's very conscious conscience of that, conscious of that. And yeah. I think he, he makes sure – I think the people he works with are like, okay, we know – To hide the twist. We know to do that. We know there are certain things that we have to hide for this to work. But then there's other movies
1: out there that are of a similar ilk, right? Where it's like, oh, there's a big twist. And it's like the trailers will, like, spoil everything. It's just like, how have you guys not learned to market this in some way without spoiling what the twist is? Or without saying that there is. Like, oh, but be prepared for the big twist ending. Right, like,
0: do you have an example? I
1: not off the t- 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 top of my 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 head, but I think even in like early Marvel movies and stuff, like thinking back to Iron Man and stuff, you could kind of tell the whole film just by watching the trailers and stuff like that. I mean, I guess you also kind of know the story. At least I know. The basic story of <laughs> iron man so it's yeah you, know, you know there's stuff yeah like we that. don't but like yeah there's there's movies out there that i just i feel like i don't need to go watch because i watched the trailer and it told me everything right and then the reviews come back and it's like yeah all of this was in the trailer that was it um and I, I guess that's why they're not memorable because it's just like, hey, who cares, you know? Like, stop that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I, I I, love that it was a surprise movie about comics and then we got a surprise sequel and then it was, surprise, it's a trilogy, yeah. right? Yeah, it's great. It's phenomenal. So,
0: mm. Go watch this. Yeah, thing. yeah, it'd be in- yeah, it'd be interesting to see how uh comic book film reacts back against this. I'd like to see more twisty thrillery superhero yeah. tales.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. Good good stuff. More non Marvel superhero mm-hmm. film. More non Marvel and DC superhero films, mm. please. I'd like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I love original superhero tales. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so what would you recommend now that we've watched this? What else would you recommend to someone?
0: Um, uh, for superhero stories, like really interesting kind of deconstructive superhero stories. We do, we've we done a lot of them. Irredeemable is very strong. There's Absolutely. a reason why we're sitting down and reading all of it. And that's a story about a man who is the most powerful and the most kindly superhero the world has ever seen like he's the superman he's the paragon he can do anything and he's always there to do it he's so good and then he just turns one day and he snaps and he's destructive and he's just blowing away everything in his path and everybody's like oh we did we never thought he would do this so we don't have a plan like we don't know why he's doing this and we have no idea how to stop him none of us are prepared for this so it's this panicked race, like they're just running around trying to find somewhere where they can be safe and trying to talk to anybody who might have known like, okay, who really is this guy? Because we only know his superhero identities. We've been teammates with him for years. We don't know who he is when he goes home. We don't know where his home is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's a really it's a superhero story that takes a lot of these recognizable Archetypes and tropes, and turns them into this neat character study and this neat mystery with a lot of different twists in it. Like, oh, you find people who were ha- had information and were hiding it. You know, up until like the final several pages, there's all these surprises. Like, ah, oh, but you didn't know this could do that. Yeah, indeed. And I'd I'd say uh, if you just want another really interesting Bruce Willis role to watch, if you're just like more Bruno, please uh several weeks ago i watched the movie death becomes her okay which he he's playing a sad sack in that but it's a different variety of sad sack than we have seen in the five bruce willis movies (laughs) we've covered so far this year he's got like the silly little mustache he's very pathetic it's the least macho he has ever been uh it's a fun it's a fun romp i recommend death becomes her good stuff good stuff uh yeah we'll
1: talk more about your Deemable in just a second. Uh, But I would Mm. recommend there is a TV show called Legion. Um, Ah,
0: That I think is an
1: FX original show. That show is phenomenal. One of the best TV Mm. shows I have ever seen. It is great. Uh, But it is based off some X-Men characters. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the main character's name, if I'm not mistaken, is David as well. So there's that link between the main characters. (laughs)
0: but he is
1: a mutant uh, but he is a mutant with dissociative identity disorder and he has multiple personalities but the interesting thing is that each of his personalities have different mutations and stuff like that and some of them are good some of them are bad you never know which one you're gonna get some of them are vying for control and stuff like that so it's this interesting kind of superhero adjacent story it's not uh you know it's not like they're in tights and running around and destroying buildings and stuff this is much more cerebral and it is much more in the mind and more meta and Mm. okay is this actually happening or is this is he dreaming this or you know what's really going on here um but yeah that that is a wild show i love that one a lot
0: Speaking of X-Men, I watched New Mutants last yeah. night. New mu- Mutants is out on video on demand. I think I think it's it's solid enough. I think it's gotten it's got such a reputation for being this like bottom of the barrel movie that keeps getting shoved around. I heard it in a very good reviews, but I think That's it's like all a decent... I've
1: heard is that yeah, it's it's not the worst it's, X-Men, but it's down there for like the worst X-Men. It's films. like a
0: decent C C+. I think it has plenty of charms to okay. it. I, I like the I'm cast still, more. Anya Taylor Joy. I'm still
1: interested in watching it. Yeah, she she yeah, looks we, perfect for Mad ma- ma- Magic. She's she she's great. Perfect. for of that? Because that, that's who she plays, right? She plays
0: ma- yes, Magic. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's. I think we we a bunch of us watch it in a group. We all agreed it is worth the rental cost. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I say check it there out. Uh,
1: what else did I have to? Recommend. I had something else that I was I was going to recommend. It was uh, Ejen, and then mention that. I don't know. You know, I i the thing that's coming to mind right now is oddly uh, 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 Ultimate Spider Man. Um. Which, is, it, Which one is that one? So Ultimate Spider-Man is a modern-day retelling of Spider-Man. Um, it was, in, you know, instead of taking place in the 1960s when P- Peter P- Parker first originally got, got bit, uh, it takes place in the 2000s when there are cell phones and cars that look mm. like modern-day c- c- cars and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's a retelling of the Spider-Man story, and eventually goes off and tells its own story, uh, and then much further down the road, these are the comics that Miles Morales came out of. Ah, um, oh, yeah. But it's interesting because it spawned the whole Ultimate Universe. Uh, it started out with just. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and then eventually we got Ultimate X-Men and Ultimate Fantastic Four and this and that and it got it like ballooned into this really awesome uh, just like smaller version of the Marvel Universe you could basically follow you could follow all of the comics that were in that imprint uh Eventually, the universe kind of took a turn for the worst, and they got rid of all of it except the good parts, which was (laughs) Miles. He was, like, the best thing. Um, Mm. But, yeah, it's, like, it's... You get to see, like, the birth of superheroes and how the X-Men got started and what really happened there. So, yeah, like, I, I think if you're interested... In maybe what happens next after the Unbreakable trilogy, maybe something like Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. looking into the Ultimate Yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimate Universe uh, might be interesting and those are also the mm-hmm. comics in which nick fury uh looks like samuel l jackson oh and yeah that is,
0: that's where that originated yeah, It
1: originated in those comics and then they cast him in the movies because of those comics so mm-hmm. good stuff with that I i will recommend those um next week Melissa, we are finishing up our coverage on Irredeemable. We are reading the final Mm -hmm. three volumes. Uh, I know you have already read them. I have read them once before (laughs) long ago, but I still need to reread the final three Mm -hmm. volumes. We will be talking about that next week. I'm excited to talk about it because you and I briefly talked off mic when when you were like, I finished it. I was like,
0: what would you think?
1: Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm ex- excited to have a like a full conversation uh, on on mm-hmm. that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. But I also have three pitches for the week after. Yeah. So I have. I am ready. I have a comic series. I have an anime, uh, and I have a cartoon. I, I I think mm, okay. First up. Pitch number one is The Manhattan Projects. This is a comic uh, by Rick Remender. If I'm, is that right? Am I not, uh, not mistaken on that? Yeah. Um, And it, this is alternate history. It's an alternate history okay. comic. And the description says, What if the research and development department created to produce the first atomic bomb? Was a f- front for a series of uh, uh, other more unusual programs. What if the union mm-hmm. of a generation's brightest minds was not a signal for optimism but foreboding? What if Ooh. everything went wrong? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I I think I read at least the first issue of this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's, a, yeah, an interesting alt-history story, uh, like alternate universe history story thing. Um, yeah, where it's just a bunch of, like, science fiction, monster, psychedelic stuff. What if the Manhattan Projects was also working on, like, creating things like Frankenstein or stuff? Like, I'm not sure if they actually do that per se, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, I guess in my mind, I kind of view it as like that TV show fr- fr- Fringe.
0: Yeah. But
1: what if it was set in like alternate history and it was, uh, it, yes. it grew out of the Manhattan Project. So that's mm. my pitch on that. Uh, I would like to read volumes one and two. And those are both available on Comixology Unlimited. Hmm. There you go um that's that my second pitch is an anime which is available on netflix i believe it's a netflix original uh or a, mm. uh, one lot of the ones that they bought the rights to or something i don't know uh, yeah. but it is ca- called great pretender i want to watch season one mm-hmm. of that because uh, i think season two is coming l- later this week i think um, if I'm not what? mistaken, but it says uh, a series of unfortunate events has led Makoto to adopt the life of crime, pickpocketing and scamming others for a living. However, after swindling a seemingly clueless tourist makoto discovers that he was the one that he was the one tricked, and to make matters worse the police are now after him hmm go so yeah it's uh he's kind of a con artist pick pocket he ends up pickpocketing someone who he thinks is just this like clueless uh Tourist and I guess ends up working for him because he's also a con artist and is like on for a bigger score. Uh, this is described as a crime comedy, so it seems seems <laughs> like some like wacky adventures they're gonna get in in into. Uh, I thought this looked like a lot of fun. Uh, so that is yeah. pitch number two, Great Pretender. Uh, and then pitch number three is a cartoon from Marvel. You guys might know this lovable, fun bunch (laughs) of characters known as Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, they have a cartoon that was on Disney XD. I think it ran for a couple seasons. I want to watch season one of that show. It's on Disney Plus, uh, if you guys want to check it out, um, I, I remember starting to get into some of the Marvel cartoons back when they were first getting yeah. started. And I, I liked them enough of what what, 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 what I I what I saw. I know kind of in general, Marvel is not really up to par, at least with DC, with their animation mm. stuff. But I'm always rooting for ho, them, ho, 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 right? I yeah. think this is after... Uh, The success of some of their cartoons and after the success of uh, the MCU kind of in general and the Guardians of the Mm. Galaxy movie and stuff like that. So I'm hoping this one is good. It's been on my list of things to watch for a long, long time, and I've just never gotten around to it. And it's never been a top priority, but Guardians Mm. of the Galaxy cartoon form. Yeah, good. So that's pitch number 3. Okay. Pitch number 1 was a comic book alternate history uh volumes 1 and 2 of the Manhattan Project. Pitch number 2 is a crime comedy anime called great pretender pitch number three guardians of the galaxy
0: Well, you know, I am a sucker for Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm such a sucker specifically for James Gunn's directorial style of those two films, Uh so I'm slightly wary about ingesting them in another form and having it not work on me. But I did a Google for Great Pretender. The show looks gorgeous, and I'm seeing a lot of very positive reviews and headlines for it. So I want to see what Great Pretender is all about. Okay,
1: let's do Great Pretender. Uh, I believe season one is 14 episodes okay it's not too long um but yeah that is what we will do in two weeks time um so you guys can either start that now or put that on the back burner for Mm -hmm. uh next week and stuff like that but uh next time you hear us like we mentioned will be our last coverage of irredeemable We'll be finishing that one up. So that's what you guys should be Mm. preparing for this next week, which again, all of that stuff is on Comixology Unlimited. Go check it out because it's a good book. It is. Go. Uh, Melissa, where can they find you on the internet?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W I L K Y W I T. Listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother watch weird old kids shows. Sometimes it's ones we fondly remember, and sometimes it's stuff we're watching for the first time as adults. There you
1: go. There you go. I know you recently put out a Hamtaro one. What's up next?
0: Yeah. Oh, I think next is – because we recorded a bunch ahead of time, and we kind of shuffled them around in their actual release order. I think it is The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald, a VHS tape series oh, wow. that you could buy at McDonald's if you bought a Happy Meal. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Interesting indeed. Um, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I just put up a picture of my first Gunpla, baby's first Gunpla. I yeah. built a li- little mm-hmm. h- h- Haro. Uh, which I don't know, you guys can't really see it, but it's right back behind there on my uh, bookshelf. Um, but yeah, that that, that, that that was fun. You guys can go see all of that stuff. If you, if you guys want to stay up to date on our podcasts, uh, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, go like, share, subscribe. Go follow us on YouTube at the at youtube.com slash the whatnots. Uh, but right now we are pushing our twitch page so go follow us Mm. on twitch which is twitch.tv slash the whatnots we're hoping to make it to 50 followers right now we are at 42 uh so that would be great if you could join us uh we live stream every friday night at 9 p.m eastern uh which is when we record the captain's law which is one of our other podcasts and hopefully down the road we'll have some more live streams uh, to go along with that and stuff. But yeah, go go follow us on Twitch. That would be lo- lovely. Um, that being said, I think that's it. That's all we got. This has been yeah. episode one thirty one. Is that right? What is this? One thirty
0: three. One thirty three. I'm
1: all mixed up. I never remember what number we're on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has
1: been episode one thirty three of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next week. Bye.
0: Bye.